this it's the buggles no oh. one knows who sings it okay so i'm not a loser no i mean trevor horn who was the singer went on bit. to produce some incredible music i don't want to know this and keith emerson is, is an incredible piano player as well tell, tell so. me more cliff clavin yeah well in 1985 when this uh, first <laughs> was played it was a very first video that mtv played when it went on the air <laughs> you're such a putz esther emery she's the author of what falls from the sky uh, how I Disconnected from the Internet and Reconnected with the God Who Made the Clouds. Esther Emery's life was in pieces when she decided to go offline. Her marriage was uh, holding on by a thread after her husband betrayed her with her best friend. Ooh, let's stop there. That's the juicy stuff. Let's get Esther right on the phone right there and now. Esther, uh, a very inappropriate place for us to stop in your bio. Uh, but, man, that's cray-cray. That's got to be the the moment where things started spinning right out of control i would imagine yes well certainly but but in fairness we need to represent that the marriage was drifting was separating from both directions there it wasn't so much that there was a, a criminal and a victim in this situation as our marriage just didn't have a core anymore and we both were drifting fully apart from one another Okay, well, I had to. I'm sorry. I was reading your bio, and I just needed to stop right there because I thought, oh, that, first of all, that's just that's horrible. And um, but it's interesting to see where this how this plays out. So let me just continue here. Uh, she was reeling after walking away from a demanding career as a playwright and theater director in Southern California. After a cross country move with her husband and two small children, she found herself in a new city without a job, not knowing who she truly was. Her year without the internet began on a whim. In a matter of minutes, the idea was fully born. She was tired of the frenzied pace her life had taken, and she partially blamed her screens. Uh, first, Esther didn't want a cell phone. Then she canceled the internet altogether. And what falls from the sky chronicles Esther's year of being disconnected. Esther, I just came off the Camino. I was on the trail for... Uh, uh, for a couple of months, and I was in a vow of silence for three months. And so I really wanted to kind of get you on to talk about this whole disconnecting thing. And the first question I have for you, eventually I'm going to get to a question, is, is it really just running away? Is it really just shoving your head in the sand, which just leaves a place to park your bike? Like, what is that all about? Wait, do you mean disconnecting is the running away? Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Oh, no, I think exactly the opposite. For me, disconnecting was facing things. All of the connection I had been doing was was an opportunity to run away from a kind of silence and self 
knowledge and accountability that I feared greatly and had been doing my best to disguise with any number of techniques, including screen. Wow. But you know what I mean? I mean, I met a lot of pilgrims out there who who um, were afraid to go back to real life and connect with people and and connect again. I mean, there seems to... You know, I want you to push back on this because I'm obviously still stuck on it. There seems to be a, a a running away aspect to, you know, moving somewhere, living in a yurt and unplugging from everything. Yeah, well, I think it's an interesting complication because both forces are present. And I, I think when I went off the Internet, it was a fairly equal part of both. My good angel was driving me to really be a better person, even if that took a very strong move. And my worst angel just wanted to literally put my head under a rock, just as you're saying. And it becomes so much a matter of choice. When you drop out of your habits, when you drop out of your societal expectations, if you will, and you're really moment to moment deciding, am I going to be present with myself? Is this running away? Or is this an opportunity to become more present with myself and my family and my responsibilities? Every moment is a choice. And that was a huge responsibility for me. After your husband betrayed you with your best friend, why didn't you just put a bullet in the marriage? Well, I almost did. And that's where the uh, the book opens, is at the moment when I I was leaving. I was gone. You know, I was already staying with a friend, and that was that was over. And I, I the, the, it, the story opens with me traveling down a freeway in a borrowed car at 113 miles an hour and getting stopped by a police officer. And in that moment of being stopped, realizing that, I hadn't stopped for a long time. I hadn't experienced stillness. I hadn't really tried to face the the harder things that, that come to you when you're still and silent. And that was the inspiration to really try again. Mm-hmm. Do you, so, uh, you know, I can imagine people picking up this book going, you see, honey, if we just uh, did what she did and got rid of all the electronics and stuff, our marriage would be would be saved. Are you okay with that? Yes and no. I do want to offer hope. I do want to offer an alternate narrative because I think that particularly for for strong women, sometimes the the story goes that you break your marriage in order to be your full self. And and I think that's definitely a story that's kind of out in the ether for us when we're in those moments of struggle as a sort of best opportunity. And I, I do appreciate my opportunity to offer in some ways the opposite, which is that I really came into myself and into the health of my marriage simultaneously. But of course, as I said in the beginning, we had a a particular set of circumstances that we really loved each other. There wasn't really um, a a, a criminal and a victim in this situation. We just had gotten lost and we needed an opportunity to find ourselves and one another again. And so I certainly wouldn't want that to be applied to every individual in their own circumstances. We, We all have different things that we're dealing with. Uh, the, the, I guess the phrasing that's out there is that, you know, you used to be an atheist and now you're a Christian and everything's peachy. <laughs> is that a, is that an unfair summary? Cause it sounds like it to me, but I don't know. You tell me. Well, I think that the self, the healing and self-discovery that allowed me to become better also allowed me to become a Christian. I mean, I think you look at the directions there and say, um, I'm saved and now everything is healed, but also how how strong and, and capable do you have to be in order to really bear yourself and to be present with God? 
I think it goes both ways for me. I, I, I certainly don't think that I flipped a switch and now everything's changed. But I did experience true healing. And I, I think that's a, a story that I, I want to carry people along with to see the, the ins and outs of how that happened. So do you think, I mean, what? how would you break up the, the quotients or the, what would be the percentage here? Uh, is it is it mostly about a, a, a woman's uh, self-discovery? Is it mostly about saving a marriage? Is it mostly about, uh, f- you know, um, restoring the soul through a relationship with with uh, with Christ or be- believing the Christian uh, uh, message um, is it is it about you know a, a little house on the prairie kind of uh, we're gonna live this way and everything's gonna get fair I mean I slaughtered that question can you help me understand my own question well I think that what's what you're responding to is that this is a story of a whole life a whole person's life. Right. And so it's pretty easy for different people to intersect with the things that they're most interested in. I mean, I certainly have conversations with people who completely ignore the religious aspect and they're still interested in um, my year without internet. Hmm. And there certainly are people who just want a great story and there's a little bit of a plot twist at the end and you don't quite know what's going to happen and <gasps> maybe Maybe they don't even really care about about the internet or or the religious aspect, but they just want a good story. I, I was really intentional about creating something that you can walk alongside me. I don't deliver some kind of a of a homily. I'm not I'm not telling people how you should live your life, but I wanted to open up the vista of, of possibility and share really moment to moment what I went through because I think it's a pretty unique story and one that's full of love and and hope. Uh, we are on the phone with. Uh, I keep saying on the phone because I've said that for thirteen years. Do I need to say we're on the Skype, um, Tim? We're connected with. We are speaking. We're to. speaking to. I'm going to have to start saying that. Okay. What's you've always been speaking to people. <laughs> Stop it. You're just clarifying. How. Thank you. Yes, and nobody cares really. Um, Esther Emery, she's the author of What Falls from the Sky: How I Disconnected from the Internet and Reconnected with the God Who Made the Clouds. Where are you at with God these days? Uh, considering that you came from the atheist thing, and you, then you did the whole unplugging thing, and uh, and uh, and specifically, I want to know what correlation does your relationship with the Creator have with the relationship with your husband? Hmm. Well, I'm a very spiritual person, whether I mean to be or not, and I I feel like I've fought against that. A lot in my life. I've tried to be a good atheist. I've tried to be a good, I'm, you know, not touchy feely, squishy person. I've done my best, and I just, I just am. You know, when I close my eyes and see the world, I just see Jesus carrying it, and there's, and that's just who I am. And what's wonderful in my marriage, which is a, a marriage between an interfaith relationship, my husband is still an atheist, is that. My husband is is most comfortable and happy when I'm my full self. And so my ability to express my faith moment to moment um, around my children and around him and just in my in my daily life is is actually really helpful for our marriage because he looks at that and he sees that I'm being honest and I'm being myself mm-hmm. and it, it just it helps us in all in every way. Boy, that sounds like a nice big campaign for being unequally yoked. <laughs> because I, I, I totally understand what she's saying, Tim. She's saying, look, 
I can't fake this because you can't fake stuff with the person you're you're married to because they, they, they call you on it. Yeah, they'll figure it out uh, at and, the very least. And one of the things that he does appreciate, even though he hasn't jumped onto my team, has been my authenticity in all of this. And if there's any prerequisite for healthy spirituality, it's authenticity, I would say. Would you not agree with that, Esther? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say that's the prerequisite for a healthy marriage and healthy spirituality. So in that case, it's it's what what's needed for both. Yeah, well, it's all relationship, right? And if you're not honest and transparent in relationship, then it's never going to work. Esther, you're you're back online. You're on the Google now. Um, I love saying that because I just feel like I'm 87 years old when I say that. Um, so, do you think people are disappointed when they find out? Oh, she's oh she's back online. I mean, I was hoping she'd be unplugged still. Do you think people are kind of bummed at the fact that you're you're plugged back in? Yeah, I mean, I think that that first glance thing, um, people certainly are disappointed. Um, but I, I think I have to remind people that, that I can't live that runaway life that you mentioned right at the beginning of our conversation. It, I think that disconnecting is such an opportunity for transformation. Hmm. But at the point that you actually disconnect from your life and you don't reconnect and you don't come back in in some way that's a different story and it's a much more fraught and possibly less healthy one so i think people may be disappointed but but fantasies are are, you know not reality and sometimes the reality is harder but also sometimes more beautiful really well said really well said esther um you're not gonna like this question because i have the spiritual gift of pessimism i'm trying to get rid of that um what happens if your if your marriage goes south again? What do you what is your plan this time? Well, I think that we 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 love the idea that you only have to get fixed once. Yep. And that you can just sort of stay put in that. And particularly with regards to Jesus, we love the idea that Jesus fixes us once and then we can just <laughs> go back to being whatever we were. Well said. Before. But I feel like every moment is an opportunity to to fix whatever it is that's going wrong. And and I think that a marriage takes that kind of moment to moment. I, I mean, when our marriage goes south, like, you mean when we disagree over, like, how to set the table? I mean, like, I just think that your marriage is a constant it's something that constantly requires attention. And I think we're very far from the woods that we were in uh, seven years ago. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily just hang out. I mean, I think that that, that it, it requires effort and attention every moment, and particularly along the lines of authenticity, which we've been talking about, just showing up and telling the truth and being there every single day. I am going to admit Something and oh, I don't know if this is going to go well. I, when I honestly, when I you know read the bio and and saw you know the the thing about you and your whole journey and stuff, I you know there was a little. It was a little. Uh, how do I say this? It was a little women of faith for me, and and I like the the vulnerability that you have brought to this conversation. I really really like your eyes wide. You're so eyes wide open, and I wonder. I don't even know if this question makes sense. I wonder I wonder if you would be as eyes wide open if you were born into the Jesus scene. I th- and I wonder what role being an atheist first 
has played into you writing such powerful stuff. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I appreciate the compliment of writing such powerful stuff. That's not the part that I'm trying to enthusiastically agree with. But I, I do have a perspective of someone who has been an atheist. And, and I've experienced being the outsider among Christians and actually feeling um, a, a hurt and kind of sadness in regards to the women of faith thing that you may be responding to, just feeling <laughs> like, wow, I'm I'm not that, and it seems like that's really cool for them, and I'll just go over here and, I don't know, you know, <laughs> eat, eat my, my porridge or whatever, you know. I'll, I'll, eat my I'll, porridge, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I guess that, that I really understand what it is to be the outsider, and I really understand what it is to to not buy it and not feel like it's even a good thing, it being a whole faith practice and Jesus in particular and this whole story of redemption. So I came to it with a lot of resistance, and I came to it in a, in a way that I could almost only be invited in a truly um, I just God-led way. You know, sometimes I refer in the book to the length of God's arm, and now I'm going to sound like women of faithy again, but it's really, in a way, it's the opposite. I just, I did not have any intention to walk this path. And so I walk it. With, as you say, eyes wide open, looking around and saying, I see everything fresh. I see everything new. I, I didn't buy any of it until it happened. And I do think that that's a particular thing about, about my voice. Well, I'm going to say it. You go, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, Esther Emery on the line here, uh, author of What Falls from the Sky, How I Disconnected from the Internet and Reconnected with the God Who Made the Clouds. The website is EstherEmery.com. That's Esther, E-M-E-R-Y dot com. Esther, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Esther Emery. All right. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I just I feel that way today. I have days where I feel like I'm forgetting things. Is it because I'm a grandfather? Probably. <laughs> I'm a grandfather. <laughs> we'll be right back. How do you live the marriage you want every single day? How do you turn a disappointing marriage into a delightful one? We promise to love, honor, and cherish one another, but what does that really look like? Best-selling author Gary Thomas is back with a new book, Cherish, showing readers how to put love into action and how understanding and embracing the concept of cherish will be a game-changer in your relationship. Practical and profound, let Cherish transform your marriage. Available where books are sold. 